As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Wednesday the 13th of September, I'm Michael Bailey and today we're asking... Does Jadon Sancho have a future at Manchester United? Now he has to prove to Eric that I I do train hard and I do deserve to be in and around these squads. Why is Leonardo Bonucci suing Juventus? By not training and not playing at the start of the season, the player who is also Italy's national team captain is not in the national team squad. And what has US coaching legend Bruce Arena done to get suspended, resign and see his team refuse to train? Things are not great right now in New England and it's definitely a soap opera. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. Manchester United signed winger Jadon Sancho from Borussia Dortmund in 2021 for £73 million. Yet so far this season, he is without a Premier League start and was dropped entirely from the United squad that lost at Arsenal at the start of September. That weekend saw head coach Eric Ten Hag question Sancho's commitment to training and Sancho respond by posting on social media he was being made a scapegoat for Manchester United's indifferent start to the season. Dan Sheldon is The Athletic's football news reporter and I'm happy to say he joins us now. Dan, the international break has given everyone a bit of time. How have things progressed between Sancho and Manchester United or should that be Eric Ten Hag? Well, quite. I, I think you know, going into the international break, we kind of had the Eric Ten Hag saying about Jaden's performances in training not being adequate, and that's why he was left out of the matchday squad for Arsenal. You then had Jaden, no more than an hour later, posting on social media that he's been made a scapegoat and don't always believe what you read, and you kind of thought, wow. I mean, this is you know reminiscent of when Ronaldo, although to a much lesser extent with Jaden, called out Eric, and we all know how that ended with with Cristiano. However, you know, the international break was probably quite, came at a welcome time because Jaden went off to New York. The players all had some time off. Eric had some time off. They're now back at, at Carrington. Jaden was back at Carrington. So th- things are progressing in a, in a positive way, I think. So what happens from here then, Dan? Is it, has it moved on enough for, for Jaden to, to be involved? The fact he's, he's been at Carrington, I, I think, is important. And he's now taken that post down which you know, is, the, is the first step, I think, towards 
reconciliation. I think that had to happen. It had to come down. It couldn't stay up there any longer. I think it will show a willingness on the players' behalf, perhaps, to try and get over the episode and and move forward. So the, the next thing has to be that he has to respond to Ten Hag's criticism, but do it on the training pitch. And I guess with all these situations, there's a short-term future that needs to be resolved and then a longer-term future. So what, what should United fans expect in terms of Sancho and his future at the club under Ten Hag? I think short-term, I think Ten Hag may have to call on him earlier than perhaps he, he would like. I think with the uncertainty going on with Anthony at the moment, it, it leaves United short in that winger option. You've got Bruno Fernandes, who he could shoehorn there. Scott McTominay obviously plays in that role for Scotland but you'd think Sancho should in theory be the natural replacement longer term that we know United were willing to sanction a permanent exit for for Jadon Sancho before the the transfer window closed and that there was interest albeit loan interest from Saudi Arabia and United made clear that that's not going to be possible but but they were willing to let him go permanently so longer term the fact they've considered that already it, it doesn't bode well but again, it, it all comes back to Jaden and Eric, whether they can repair their relationship and salvage something. And we all remember the, the player Jaden was at Borussia Dortmund, right? He was a fantastic player and he's still so young. So I personally wouldn't want to write him off just yet. Another issue for Manchester United down the line this season will be the loss of their goalkeeper, Andre Anana. Anana was part of the Cameroon team who qualified for January's Africa Cup of Nations thanks to a 3-0 win over Burundi on Tuesday night. It means that come the new year, United will be reliant on their summer signing, Turkey's Altai Bayendir. Speaking of international results, let's run you through a few key ones from Tuesday night. We start in Germany, where Die Mannschaft started life without sacked head coach Hansi Flick with a 2-1 friendly win over World Cup runners-up France. The new era began with Thomas Müller's 45th international goal. Henriksen behind, and a chance for Müller! Scotland's hopes of beating England for the first time this century ended with a 3-1 friendly defeat at Hampden Park. The goals coming from Jude Bellingham, Phil Foden and Harry Kane. There was also an own goal from Harry Maguire, but if you're thinking of criticising him for it, then England boss Gareth Southgate has a message for you. It's a joke. I've never known a player treated the way he is by our own commentators, pundits, whatever it is. They've created something that's beyond anything I've ever seen. Away from the friendlies, world champions Argentina made it two wins in South America's World Cup qualifying campaign with a 3-0 victory in Bolivia, and they did it without Lionel Messi. The Euro 2024 qualifiers saw Erling Haaland's Norway beat Georgia. That means Scotland still have work to do to confirm their place at the tournament. Spain thrashed Cyprus 6-0. Sweden's qualification hopes suffered a blow by losing 3-1 at home to Austria. And Italy finally got back to winning ways with a 2-1 win over Ukraine, moving them into second spot behind England in Group C. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Speaking of Italian football, we move on to a slightly surreal story with Italian defender Leonardo Bonucci taking legal action against his former club Juventus. The Euro 2020 winner is seeking damages alleging he was not provided with adequate training conditions in pre-season. His legal team are planning to argue that the saga damaged the player's image. What it didn't do is stop him from moving on and the summer transfer window concluded with Bonucci joining Bundesliga side Union Berlin. 
James Horncastle is our Italian football correspondent and just like on yesterday's Daily Football Briefing, he joins us now. James, it's not often we see a player sue a club, especially one he's only just left. What's all this about? Well, it's about Leonardo Bonucci, one of the icons of Juventus of the last decade who didn't want to leave the club in the summer. He wanted to play one more season and then retire. And the club said sorry, we've got other ideas. And so he returned to pre-season. Uh, he was not put on the tours of the United States. He was not given a squad number. And he was made to train on his own. Bonucci has since consulted his lawyers and gone through the collective bargaining agreement and alleged that the conditions in which he was made to train were inadequate and that all of this saga has damaged his image as well. Because, for example, by not training and not playing at the start of the season, the player who is also Italy's national team captain is not in the national team squad. Juventus believe that they have acted in complete accordance with the CBA. They put out a statement saying as much when the president of the players' union criticised Juventus and said that they should reinstate Bonucci immediately. But Juventus didn't do that. Instead, they sold him on the final day of the transfer window to Union Berlin. Nice. So that's the way to do it. I, I mean, how have they? How have Juve reacted to the news of the legal action? I mean, the club have been aware of, of this situation really since the middle of August when Umberto Calcagno, the president of the Italian Players Association, came out and criticised the club. So the club stated its position then. It's confident in its position and, you know, we'll have to see how this goes if and when it goes to court. Bruce Arena is considered to be one of the most successful US head coaches in the history of the men's game. He has won a host of domestic and individual awards and twice led the US men's national team. But for the past month, Arena has been under investigation at his current MLS club, New England Revolution, for alleged inappropriate remarks. That was followed on Saturday night by Arena's resignation following a 1-1 draw with Minnesota United and then, come Tuesday, a refusal to train from New England's squad. Tom Bogart is part of the athletics team covering US soccer and he joins us now. Tom, it's quite the statement from his most recent group of players that they would refuse to train. Yeah, it, it goes down to show you, I guess, like how his reputation is still around the players. Like he's somebody who has a lot of pull with loyalty around him and in the game for so long. But it's more layered than that. It's more than just a pro Bruce stance or anything like that. It's, you know, the players came, they had a, you know, mandatory emergency meeting, as is the case when there's a coaching change like this. And, and that started at 840 a.m. It was with the team president and an HR representative. They got to ask questions about the investigation or, or whatever else, everything that's happened. They did not feel that their questions were sufficiently answered and they got sufficient information over about an hour. And the players said, no, now we want to talk to the coach, the interim head coach, Richie Williams, who we reported over the weekend was a part of his complaints were, were part of the investigation. And he didn't give them any answers either. And throughout reporting this process, a lot of players have just... Uh, like the players, staff, whatever, like they're in the dark. They're not exactly sure what's going on. So they were really frustrated that they're still not being told. And they were really frustrated that the interim head coach was basically no commenting them in the locker room. And 
one player who we spoke with anonymously said like that there's a feeling that guys just can't can't trust him right now so they continued that then they pushed back a press conference they were supposed to have the club captain wasn't was supposed to be on the press conference and then they said meetings ran late so we didn't train and he, he can't be part of the broad the press conference the richie williams goes on the press conference and no comments everything which i understand this is investigation lawyers and stuff and then after the press conference players met again like senior leadership met with this interim sporting director to kind of discuss all this so it's Things are not great right now in New England, and, and it's definitely uh, definitely a soap opera. Which does all beg the question, Tom, do we actually know, or does anyone actually know what it is that has landed Bruce Arena in this trouble in the first place? Yeah, this is the root of the frustration with the players that they still don't know for sure. Richie Williams was on a radio show a week ago and said, no, none of us know. I don't know either. Or like, whatever, all this. And and the, the, it's a local Boston radio show. And, and they were doing a segment about our reporting and was like, yeah. So he came on our show, told me I didn't know what happened. And and that's where the, the players are at. Like, they still don't know. It's a very, very small circle of who knows everything. Because, again, these are, these are sensitive investigations. But the players are kind of fed up at the lack of information and the lack of transparency that's coming their way for, for why, you know, a legendary head coach is gone. Finally, Tom, how do you see this all playing out? It's always good to know. But I, I guess the, the bigger question is, is, has US football possibly seen the last of Bruce Arena? Yeah, we'll start with Bruce. And, and this is pure speculation because I, I don't know for sure. But he's 71 years old. And the assumption before all this happened was that he had to be getting close to the end of his, his legendary coach. Like his first job was in 1977. Secondly, MLS, as part of accepting Bruce Arena's resignation, noted in a statement that they were able to confirm some allegations throughout the investigation. And if Bruce Arena pursues coaching in MLS again, he needs to submit a petition to the commissioner and go through that process. And with New England, I'm thinking that we're headed towards a clean house on the coaching staff. We reported that two assistants have walked out on numerous training sessions since Richie Williams took over as interman coach. One of the assistants, Shari Joseph, has repeatedly clashed with Williams. One At one point, they had to be physically separated. And then you just kind of look up and down the roster and the uncertainty in the coach staff. I think that that they're kind of headed toward a clean house and, and we'll see what happens over the next even days, let alone over the next months. With the international schedule all but done, you won't find much football on your screens today, but you will find the likes of Flamengo and Sao Paulo in Brazilian top flight action from 8.30pm Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Meanwhile, Manchester United host Liverpool in a friendly ahead of the start of the Women's Super League season next month. That one kicks off at midday in the UK and is available to watch on MUTV and LFC TV Go. That's all for today's briefing. Thank you for listening. I've been Michael Bailey. Your producers were Abby Patterson and Michael Zimmerman. Your executive producer was Ian McIntosh. If you're with us for the first time, tap the follow button on your podcast app and tell your friends about us too. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Until then, have a lovely day. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.